Welcome to Transcendence Cinema. Welcome back to Transcendence Cinema. I'm your host, Greg Durrance, and with me is... Victor Martin. And it was your turn to pick, and you chose We're All Going to the World's Fair. Director yes. Jane Schoenbrunn? I'm not sure how to say her last name. I was literally just thinking about how to say it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're on the you're on the money there. All right. Um, so uh, what made you want to do this movie? Well, um, I'd first seen this a few months ago. Um, an illegal copy of it. Oops, sorry. Um, and uh, I just, I kind of fell in love with the thing. I've never seen a movie go at internet culture in this way and also capturing a very interesting vibe and a feeling that I hadn't experienced in a film before. It's It's very kind of melancholy and the way I see it described it was like it, it captures the essence of like going down internet rabbit holes at like three in the morning and just like you know you're like you know you've got school in the morning but you're like I don't care I'm gonna detach from reality for a while and just look up weird shit and it captures that feeling so well and I just was so surprised that this little thing could evoke so much uh like it's such a specific emotion and it's a very divisive film from what I've seen. And I thought mm-hmm. it'd be kind of an interesting film for someone like you to watch, uh, to talk about. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, very divisive. Cause I was looking up reviews and people are giving it unnecessary hate. I feel because I feel like I fall right into the middle of the two. So, huh. uh, um, but yeah, you're completely right because I don't do it much anymore, but I have stories of me going down YouTube rabbit holes and this very much brought me back to those days. Um, okay. We have like a 10 year difference age wise because you said you were born in 96. I was born in 86. Oh, got it. Yeah. So I found it interesting. You grew up in the creepy pasta age. Right. Were you ever a part of that? Um, I was looked into it rather. Yeah. Um, I wasn't like huge into the creepypasta stuff. I mean, I, I would of course read some, but I wasn't like one of those people who would like write them or get super into those stories. But of course, like Slender Man and, uh, there's a few different ones. I can't remember the names of them, but mm-hmm. that sort of stuff was definitely, oh, like Marble Hornets. Um, I've heard of that one. Yeah, that, that one's actually pretty interesting. It's like a YouTube uh, series that is about Slenderman, but it's like a oh. multi-part episode thing. Um, I see. But yeah, definitely part of my youth was this sort of stuff. Right. Yeah, I didn't get in. I caught the tail end of this kind of stuff, like um, the evil Mickey Mouse tapes is something that sure, I went down sure. so hard. I don't know why. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so this movie, this uh, we're going to the World's Fair is a internet challenge. This girl that is in her parents' attic takes the challenge and things happen. And yeah. So can we remove the word boring from people's vocabulary when they're describing movies? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I was looking up reviews and every other one was like boring, boring. I'm like, no, you're just you're a boring person. Like I hate that <laughs> word to describe movies because you're just impatient. That's really what it comes down to. Cause I wasn't bored at all. This movie had me on the, the, the edge of my seat the whole time. Cause I wanted to know what was going to happen next. Yeah. Oh, I'm happy to hear that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I think the problem is too, that the trailer almost sets it up more as a horror than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like part of it's mismarketing, but also I think people just are lazy with their vocabulary when it comes to talking about movies, which I mean, not everyone is, you know, goes in depth into this sort of stuff, but yeah, it's a little disheartening to see stuff, people calling it boring and just, you know, not really giving it any thoughts. Mm-hmm. Agree. Because there's a lot to sink your teeth into when it comes to the so she takes the uh the challenge that's kind of like where the movie starts 
and then things start happening and she's also watching what other people have gone through after taking the challenge and throughout the movie you're just like is this real and if it is what is it is it an entity that's possessing her or you're just not sure so uh yeah i found that super interesting Oh, yeah, I even have it in my notes. I'm like, the trailer made it think it was a series of videos. If watched, it caused you to lose your grip with reality. And that's what I was like hoping. I was kind of scared of because you're like, hey, let's do this movie. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll watch the trailer. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, I literally told Victor, one of my biggest fears is going crazy. And that's what this movie looks like it is. Oh, damn. <laughs> Which... <laughs> I was actually kind of scared to watch the movie because... Oh, no. I didn't even think about that. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I, I embrace it. I want you to give me these challenging movies because <laughs> I was scared to watch it. And that kind of like got me excited to watch it, mm-hmm. as weird as that is. Because the thing that scares me about going insane is you don't know what it's, what's going to cause it. And Absolutely. This movie, and this movie brought me back to the uh, this time back in the day. Um, it's probably before your time. It was called Gorish. Okay. And it was a website full of gore. Like it showed it. real photos of murders and shit like that that got leaked onto the internet. It's awful. And I was a teenager and I just, you know how teenagers are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen sites like those. Those are pretty fucked They're, up. I can't do those. Right. And it got to a point where it's just like, I watched a video of a uh, terrorist being, you know, tortured and yep. it just, I cut myself off. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. This is going to like desensitize me in the worst way possible. Dude. Yeah. It does have an effect on you like that. Yeah. So I, that's what I kind of thought this movie was going to be is it was like, these videos are going to like make you go crazy. So uh, what else did you get from the movie? I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Um, well, I think what's kind of interesting is that how it shows because Casey starts to, uh, I don't know if she's imagining or she's sort of like almost tricking herself um, into feeling these sort of changes she's going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting how I'm kind of jumping ahead. I'm, I'm not sure if we want to go at this chronologically. Well, the thing about the movie is it's is really long with all of these things happening to her, and then it kind of wraps up really quickly, which I was kind of surprised about. So it's up to you if you want to explore her, um, the things that she went through, or you just want to kind of talk through the movie. I guess I, I guess the, the the heart of it, it's like what resonated with me the most is like, um, let me collect my words here. Hmm. Sorry. Um, <laughs> No, you're fine. What uh so what is it about the movie that got you that interested you? I think I didn't realize how like kind of sad this movie was going to be. Um and and very melancholy. It shows this person who is implied to have like it doesn't really make it too obvious, but you can kind of gather that her like home life isn't like the best. Um, yeah, has it, that it seems like, scene, yeah, it seems like she's living with her father. Um, and there's a clear sort of disconnect from them both. Um, she doesn't seem to want to be around him. Mm-hmm. And I think it captures that feeling of wanting to escape reality through external sources in a very like genuine realistic way i mean i can only assume that the director has gone through something like this because it feels very it almost feels too real to me um and like in a very nuanced way and i I just found that to be so refreshing that this wasn't like a standard horror film that these things that are happening to her are real because it's like she realizes that later on the film that when she's talking to JLB, which is this anonymous internet person who's sort of like, I guess you'd be considered like an expert on the world's fair challenge. Quote unquote um, expert. Right. <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and he sort of just checks in on her because or the video she's posting um, as like updates are very like intense and she's saying things like, you know, wanting to kill her father uh, and disappear. And he starts to wonder like, okay, does she understand that what we're doing right now is just some sort of an MMO? Like this is just role playing. This is just for fun. And she gets very defensive that he is she uh he's telling her this because she's like well duh like obviously but you can tell she she was she was very convinced that whole time right this is the part of the movie that made me super uncomfortable because as a male i've never had to worry about that Mm -hmm. but as a female a young female on the internet has to be so terrifying because people like JLB can just message you and just start talking to you and I don't think he had any malintent with her but he Mm -hmm. could have easily and groomed her and stuff like you hear about it constantly and that is fucking terrifying to me that that can happen dude yeah I mean I I found it that really made me uneasy oh I I'm I'm right there with you I think it was interesting to show as as well the JLB character sort of kind of detach from Casey for a second and then go into JLB for a little bit and to show that I don't know make a, a sort of transparent image of what someone could be like on the other side and you don't know what they're like right. um, and in this case JLB is a, probably of late 40s man living in what I assume was his parents' house. You think it was his parents' house? I, I know the room he was sleeping in made me think like that was like his old childhood bedroom. That's true. I didn't think about it was, that. I don't know. That's that's what I kind of got, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong there. But um, Well, my mind went somewhere else, so I have different thoughts. Oh, what do you <laughs> so, think? Well, okay. Have you ever seen the movie Hard Candy? No. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it. Uh, do you know the base of the plot? I think Patrick Wilson's a pedo. Yes, basically. Okay. So he finds this little girl online. He's trying to groom her, but she's very, very smart for her age. And he basically she calls him out on his bullshit. That's basically the movie, and that's what mm. I felt in this movie. I was like, "Is this going into hard candy territory?" Because it gave me those uh. vibes. So once I got that in my head, it was hard to get it out. So whenever I seen him in his house, I was like, oh, he's like really well off, but he has this like really creepy side where he like kind of, I don't want to say stalk, but looks up these like younger girls doing these videos and it's his way of like grooming them. So that's where my mind went. So it was kind of hard to like get away from it. (laughs) I mean, I definitely see like the grooming thing and, and, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. His his life and his his home life is so kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Um, But that is a very interesting thought. I, (laughs) I, did you find JLB to be like, did you think that they framed him as like a sympathetic character at all? Mm, It was kind of going back and forth. Like, it's hard for me to think of some like a 40 year old man watching a young girl's video trying to reach out to her yeah. as like a sympathetic character. I don't know why. And I don't, I guess it's society that's kind of like painted me this way and I or, oh, like sure. thinking this way, but that just seems creepy to me. So yeah. it was hard for me to like get away from that. And at the end of the story or the end of the movie, rather, like you kind of get that he is a sympathetic character, but it just, I don't know. It's just for some reason I can't. He still gives off a very uncomfortable feeling, especially towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. The way he describes meeting up with her, which I don't even know if I if that is something that actually happened. Oh, I didn't even think just, of that possibility. Oh my god! Or if he's just writing like a fanfic for Casey, um, it just seems like something that kind of character would do: write some sort of you know, kind of romantic fantasy it's kind of like a uh like a psychopath after doing something horrific they've painted it in their mind like they've done a good thing 
even though yes. on the outside it's a very very bad thing so i can definitely see that sort of created their own narrative yeah. so they don't which i i don't know it's also kind of ambiguous but i thought it was interesting how they they don't really scold the jlb character or make him like outright like disgusting yeah and it cuz it kind of seems like both Characters, JLB and Casey, are sort of looking for the same thing. Mm -hmm. Casey's looking for like a community or someone to talk to. Because, like, I kind of want to go back to that real quick because you said Mm -hmm. something that interests me. So, you think she really believed into this, what she was doing? Oh, man. I don't know. Because, I mean, because there's parts where she. I feel like she knows she's hamming it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just her reaction to being told that it's just a game. Kind of, if that part throws me off. Oh, it kind of like snapped her back to your reality. Like, oh, this is not real. And I, it's almost like waking up from a dream. I yeah. Get that. I get that. Like believing into it and then, you know, feeling like you're a part of it and. I don't know, making up your own reality and then it bleeding over until it becomes your reality. Right. And I think like that's that's kind of what I picked up on. I don't know if that's uh uh yeah, that's just sort of what I read. I um I just watched this mini documentary about this girl that faked threats on TikTok. Oh man. And that's kind of the vibe that I was getting. Like people do these things to ham it up for the internet to make them to to draw interest in them to get eyes on them mm-hmm. and that's kind of the vibe that i got that makes like sense just, just wanting to be seen so you just do these ridiculous things the one that really got me is when she was like singing and dancing and then starts screaming and then just goes back to uh dancing and singing like as if nothing happened Right. It just kind of reminded me of the TikTok Tourette's girl. I I can see that. It does seem like she is aware that aware of what she's doing. Um, but then there's like those weird scenes where she's, you know, sleeping and then five hours into her into her slumber, she wakes up essentially. Yeah, that terrified me. Um that, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, no, I agree. <laughs> and then like um I think the most tragic death in cinema history is the killing of of Poe, of her stuffed. Oh, oh, oh! Right, right. Or lemur. Yeah. <laughs> most tragic death. That is pretty bad. Like, and that's what I. That's that's what makes it so hard. Is because if she is just doing it for attention, she's literally killing a part of herself for the attention, and that's just sad. And it harpens back to what you were saying. Like, she's lonely. And she's just looking for a community. And I think a lot of people nowadays, that's what they're doing. And they're like looking into other people's lives, wanting to be a part of it, but yet always feeling alone. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's like the double-sided, double-edged sword here with, with the internet. It's like, you can bring you closer to like people you've never, you would never associate with uh, communities that don't exist and outside of the internet but as well it doesn't i mean it just depends it doesn't bring you as close as you might think i mean you're you're just talking through a screen talking through a microphone you're not actually there with the person so i think at least for me sometimes when i'm talking to people online and i'm like all right see you later it's almost like that didn't happen like i know it did but that like connection is like not really there. Yeah, it's the because as humans we're so used to being seeing my problem is um I was looking for a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and it was during the pandemic and I did not want to do video um video psychiatry because I need human interaction to to be like completely transparent yeah. Like, I don't know what it is. I think I need body language. I need that human physical interaction, or I just can't come across completely, you know? And yeah. so I feel that what you're saying, 
like it 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 did happen but it just didn't there's something missing and it's that physical connection yeah and i think what this film shows is that the both the viewer and the creator uh especially for on the internet age they're all looking for that same thing is is that that feeling of i guess someone like knowing that someone's watching Mm-hmm. Uh, someone's there for you, right. uh, and both are sort of both characters are kind of very detached from reality uh, to be a part of something, a community, I guess. Um, Definitely, and I feel bad for these like streamers that are creating their own community because personally. I feel like it's a facade of a community. Like it can go away at any time. Like these people aren't your real, maybe a couple of them are, but most of them are not your real friends. And once they lose interest in you, they're going to move on to the next hot streamer and it's just going to leave you so empty. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it too is just like numbers. I mean, that's all that sometimes matters for a lot of people is just the numbers i mean you know, mm-hmm. how many average streamer or average watchers are on your stream youtube views i mean mm-hmm. i mean it's, it's happened to me very often where i'm like oh you know 10 people have logged my film on letterbox why haven't more and it's mm-hmm. like and it's such like a i think that wouldn't exist if if there was no internet and it's like all that could just go away and a lot mm-hmm. of these people would have nothing right and that's that's um, kind of scary right i have a little trick that i do with myself because i do get a little obsessed with the numbers because i get kind of excited to see how videos are going to do and it's interesting to see what videos take off and what videos don't and stuff like that mm-hmm. but When I start noticing myself getting obsessed with the numbers, I have to stop and I have to remind myself, why did you do it? And did you, did you enjoy doing it? Like, even if the video doesn't get numbers, I still tell myself, I'm like, but did you have fun? Yeah, I did. I always enjoy your income and uh, next company. Enjoy talking to you guys about films. Even if the videos didn't get any views or any listens or anything. At the end of the day, I still feel fulfilled because I had that human interaction with somebody that I really enjoy. So I think that's something that people really need to concentrate on. Like, it's not the numbers, it's the act itself. That's why they say do what you love. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. I mean, and that's something that I I try to remind myself too. And it's not so much these days because I've very like, I'm very aware of of obsessing over stuff like that is just it it's it's pointless. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if it it what matters most is that did you feel good making it? Uh, does it make you happy? And that's exactly. that's all that matters. I mean, that's, that's that's what really matters. And that's what everything else in life. That's all that matters. I mean, to an extent, but it's the internet doesn't have to be this. I don't know this, numbers game. Exactly, and it's but it's it's made, and especially with streaming and and YouTube and, and social media, it's a numbers thing, but and it's so easy for it to suck you in. Um, yeah, and yeah. it it does. Uh, a couple of my other notes is um uh so I guess I can talk about why I didn't love the film and like the things that kind of like held me back from it being great to me. Is it kind of didn't go too far either direction? So, for example, I thought JLB, it was like a hard candy situation. And even though I didn't want the movie to go there, I was kind of expecting it to go there to him being a real pedophile and grooming her and something bad, really bad happening. Like, I seen uh, she had there was a, a moment in the movie where she had a gun which is a pet pet peeve of mine, is it's a story thing. Like, if you see a gun on the wall, it needs to be shot by the end of the movie. (laughs) Right, right, right. 
And she pulled out the gun and nothing was done with it. And it kind of aggravated me. <laughs> um, so I, in my mind, I would have had him being the, you know, pedophile. And then her using the gun on him to get rid of him. him. Yeah. That would have been satisfying to me. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but, uh, but also like the videos ended up being fake. Like it was all for attention. Like we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, a kind of part of me wanted the videos to be real and her have to like suffer some kind of consequence or overcoming the real video, like destroying something and uh, letting it not be a part of her anymore. Kind of like the ring. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it didn't really go any of those directions. It kind of like meandered off. Like, yeah, she's fine. She's doing okay. And then it kind of ended. I was like, I don't feel satisfied. It was just too in the middle for you. Yeah. Just for me personally. But the ambiguity that you brought up about him making up this whole story. And that was interesting. I didn't even consider that. So, Yeah, I just felt like, I mean, they could have met up. It just seems too easy for that not to have happened as well. And just to make up his own narrative. I mean, the whole film is kind of dealing with this sort of like echo chamber in a sense where everyone's buying into this sort of narrative and playing into it. And it's its own realm essentially. Mm -hmm. And once you're in it, it's hard to like, I know it's very easy to just get sucked into it because it's such a, it seems like it's a very immersive thing. You have like lore videos and, you know, guides that are sort of leading new players to different directions. Um, Some of the videos that they show other people making are very, like, and like very, uh, like the one with the guy pulling the tickets out of his arm. Okay. I was (laughs) about to bring that up. I was like, did he specialize in special effects? Like, I was going to bring that one up because I'm like, did he make that up just to make a cool video? What was going on there? I'm curious. And I, th- and I think that's what it was. I mean, it's just people just being immersed into a, a community um, and just detaching themselves from reality. I don't know. It- you did bring up the... Uh- the echo chambers, which I think is another huge problem for the internet. And it's, we can have the algorithms to blame for that because it only shows you what you want to look for. It doesn't give you new experiences, which is one thing that drives me absolutely insane because I'm always looking for new experiences. I don't want to see the same thing over and over and over. I get bored. Um, reason I do these podcasts with you and Nick. Um, so yeah, the echo chamber is definitely, you don't get voice of reason from other people you don't get pushback you're all just on congratulating each other for doing a great job and that's a problem on the internet too it is and and like you brought up the algorithms are kind of designed to show you what you what you supposedly want based off of you know all the information google has gathered of you um and it's kind of difficult to break out of that unless you sort of know how to um, but you can tell with a majority of less tech, tech savvy people that they are stuck in these, you know, for mm-hmm. instance, the political landscape, very stuck in their right wing beliefs or their left wing. And all they talk to is that group mm-hmm. and anyone who wants to penetrate that or, or give a different idea they're they're already so locked into that belief whatever it is and it separates us like extremely extremely separates the community one thing that i've learned on the internet is do not try to argue with people because you're not going to change anybody's mind people just want to argue their opinion they don't want it to be changed so i try not to start i don't try to poke the hornet's nest with those i just kind of let people keep thinking because i'm like i said i'm not going to change anyone's mind with my political beliefs because nobody wants to have their political beliefs challenged yeah that's that's pretty damn right especially on the internet that's kind of it's so 
you have to be like a pro level debater to to convince anyone of that they're wrong. And even um, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, it's not. And also to you not being able to talk face to face with someone, I think that also just you're you're you've already lost. You mm-hmm. need that connection because yeah, because people will say things on the internet that they will not say to your face. No, to them you're just uh, words in a in a picture on a screen. Yep, but yeah, so the echo chambers are a real. I think are a real problem. And as far as the algorithm thing, like I've kind of mastered it. So oh, yeah. whenever <laughs> whenever I am interested in a new thing, I will purposely look up that thing. Like for example, I got into painting, like mm-hmm. looking up uh, classic painters and stuff like that. So I'd go on Instagram and I would type in the kind like neo, um, neo expressionism. And then I would go through and like probably like 25 to 50 posts and it scrambles up my algorithm. So now all I see are like paintings. So that's a cool way to kind of mess with the algorithm to use it to your advantage. It's if there's something you're interested in, look it up and just start liking everyone's posts that has to do with that. And then it'll help your algorithm. Yeah, no, that's that's what I do too. And then you get too much of it, and that's mm-hmm. all you get. And you're like, well, what the hell? Uh, yeah, you overtune it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did that with lowriders. I, I grew up <laughs> around Spanish people, and okay. they love lowriders, so I did too. I yeah. liked a couple of lowriders. Oh my God, that's all I'm getting now. I mean, I'm not mad about it. They're cool to look right. at, but it's not all I want. <laughs> but it's interesting to see how it works. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, just because I liked all these posts. Now it thinks that's all I want to look at. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish they would tone it down a little bit, but I <laughs> like if you learn if you learn how to use it, it's actually pretty cool. So for sure, it's that. it's less, um, I guess, less mysterious mm-hmm. once you learn. I mean, it yeah, still it, is mysterious, but you, it's a bit more tangible once you play around with it. Right. <laughs> it's not as like creepy. You realize no. it's just a computer doing things. It's, it's not like a cosmic horror space entity that's controlling. I mean, it still might be, but it still might. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you? So, you tell me what you didn't like about the film. Which, um, but what did you like from it? What What were Anna like? Cobb is amazing, okay. dude. For a feature she, film debut, the way she delivered her lines, the way she was able to take these pauses. And just like methodically give out her lines is so like <laughs> a master of her craft. Like to be that young and to be that talented, I'm so excited and I hope she works in the film industry more. Absolutely agree. I think this was like the, also the perfect film for a newcomer to show off more of those nuanced emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, because like there's so many long takes in this film, and a lot of it is just her her reacting to things or just her talking. Mm-hmm. And so she's able, like, yeah, to give some really good performances. Um, yeah. She can, she acts like uh, uncertain when she needs to be. And, you know, it, it, she just did such a good job. She was like the, my favorite part of this whole movie, just watching her go through it. Um, I really like people say it's long and boring, but those scenes that are slow and methodical and kind of like, you're not sure what's going to happen kind of had me on the edge of my seat. So I really, really enjoyed those scenes. Um, when she like painted herself with the black light and yeah, you know, rips Poe. And I was like, Oh my God, what's happening. And (laughs) you know, I I liked those scenes. They, they added tension. They did. And it was like a very, uh, I won't say it's not underwhelming, but it's a different kind of tension than I think like a lot of us are used to. Because mm-hmm. you genuinely are kind of concerned for her well-being and, you know, rips up her lemur and you're like, well, are you okay? Like, <laughs> is everything yeah, all right? Genuinely concerned for her mental health at that point. Yeah, um... Oh, what else did I like about the movie? I mean, JLB's fine, I guess. I think he was a weird addition to the movie, but I I get why he's there. Um, it's kind of like most of the music was great. I loved the music. Oh, good, good. Shout out to uh, the composer because he did a great job. He she what I don't know. Yeah, Alex G. He does a lot of like 
he's like a pretty he's gotten a lot more popular over the years he does like a lot of like indie like rock garage stuff may not oh, garage rock but indie rock <laughs> yeah indie rock that he recorded in his garage probably <laughs> <laughs> there you go um but yeah i enjoyed the music a lot okay did you have like any scenes that were uh like your favorite like any favorite scenes favorite scenes was probably the one where she wakes up and like has the smile in the lamp i loved that scene because it just creeped me out and i wasn't sure where it was gonna go and i love movies that can do that like just keep me on the edge of my seat and not know where it's gonna go because a lot of movies you can kind of play out in your head and then when it like plays out exactly how you had it in your head it kind of like takes all the 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 wind out of your sails this one i didn't know where it was gonna go so that was exciting so those scenes that really like made me question her sanity are probably my favorite scenes i see and and do you think you would have liked it more if it because you kind of said it, it kind of fell in the middle with like the intensity and the mundane aspects of the film but do you kind of you kind of wish those scenes were maybe pushed a little further um no, I think the scenes are fine. I think where it really lost me was uh, her interaction with JBL. And it didn't know, it just didn't stick the landing for me. The ending is really the only part that gets me. Is because he he was like, yeah, I met up with her. She's fine. And it's like, mm, I don't know. I just wish it would have gone somewhere. I get you. That's, that's, that's my only gripe is the ending. Okay. Everything else leading up to it is golden. Like, I really loved it. It's like a... 95%. It's just that last 5%. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair. That's kind of how I felt the first time I saw it too. I was yeah. like I didn't I didn't really think it needed that the sort of prologue. I do think it's an important film. Like it definitely captured uh how people use the internet and how it can affect your mental health, make you feel alone, make you try to join these communities that uh that you want to be a part of just to be accepted into a community and that's scary now that i think about it because there's a lot of communities out there you shouldn't be a part of but you do it just because so you don't feel along i guess that's how gangs get started shit (laughs) maybe a bit more initiation uh to join though but yeah that's the problem we need more initiation you need to just click yeah you can't just click join group and then be part of like a white supremacy right uh, you know (laughs) organization no, you have to go out and do some hardcore shit. No, but really though, like that is the scary part is you can literally just click join community and now you're a part of this community, whether it be a good or bad community. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. It's it's really easy for people to fall into these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see why uh, it's, I guess, more prominent these days because you don't have to be in person. You can just hide in the shadows essentially. Yeah, you can find people that have your screwed up sense of the world and then make a community out of that. And that's the thing is like, you have all these older people with these opinions and values and they get passed down to younger generations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just think the internet is too... the, The problem that I have with the internet is the anonymity of it. Like, my wife challenged me on this, but I still feel like you, anything you do on the internet should be, I don't want to necessarily recorded, but you shouldn't <laughs> be able to hide behind an anonymity. <laughs> I can't say that word. It's a mouthful, but you know what no, I'm get, trying to say. Yeah, no, I get you. Um, I might have to argue against you too. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, and I get the arguments against it, but I just don't like that people can just say or do whatever they want and have no repercussions. That's like I, the problem I have. I, I do. I do get what you're saying. I do. I do kind of agree with that. Um, because then, like you said, younger generations or just anyone in general can kind of get away with a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. And some of it may be trivial. Um, but everyone is affected by things differently and it could have uh, a pretty detrimental effect or drive someone to do something that they wouldn't have thought otherwise. Someone planted a, a thought and it's like, I don't know who that person was. They just said something or they did something and now they're gone. Mm-hmm. 
they were under the the name JLB. I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So, so I, I I get what you're saying. I'm not I'm not totally disagreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not totally disagreeing with the uh, the anonymousness of the internet either. Like, I mean, at certain times I do. I'm glad I'm anonymous on the internet. I'm yeah. sure everyone has that for sure. <laughs> but uh. But uh, is there anything else on the movie that really struck you and why you wanted to talk about it? You know, I feel like I probably, I think I probably said what I, I wanted to say. I mean, like I said, I'll just, I'll say it again. I think what surprised me most was its approach to loneliness and and escapism in this day and age. And especially mm-hmm. for the younger generation and those who grew up on the internet and would also go down weird rabbit holes and find so-called friends or acquaintances through online um, in a way that didn't feel catered to. Mm -hmm. Like the writing felt, like I said, very genuine. Like the filmmaker has been through this before or just is so in tune with this culture that it's just second nature. because this could have easily been, I mean, the, the idea of someone doing an internet challenge and then starting to go through changes could have easily been like a fucking Blumhouse uh, horror film, mass marketed horror film. And it yeah, would have felt like way overdone and kind of missed the point of the whole thing. I see what you're exactly. saying. Yeah. And it would have been a bunch of 40 year old men writing the story. Uh, not fully getting it. And I just mm-hmm. think this film really gets it. Yeah, 100%. And, and like I said, the way that I just have never seen in a film before. And I just love that. I, I just, I can't, I can't express how much that like means to me. And I don't know, it just really resonated with me. Yeah, I think that's a one thing it can resonate with a lot of people because I'm sure we've all went down that rabbit hole like years ago. Uh, I work night shift and this is before I had like a hundred hobbies. I would go on YouTube and somehow, I don't know how I got here, but I would start looking up scariest videos on the internet, like on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. And they got pretty scary and I would watch them in my dining room with all the lights turned off. And I would go through and like spend hours watching these like scariest videos on the internet kind of thing, not gore, just like, eerie videos like i'm oh, sure yeah. you've heard the singing robot that's the one that <laughs> sticks with me i'm feeling fantastic yes that that video lives rent free in my brain <laughs> and i hate it yeah <laughs> that is yeah so that's the part that really resonated with me and then like after i watch these videos i'm like i can't get up because everything's dark and you know we're all scared of the dark i grew up terrified of the dark oh really okay yeah So, uh, so yeah, that did really resonate with me, the the videos and stuff, because I have been there. But I haven't done any challenges, though. That's that's before, that's after my time. For sure. Yeah, I wasn't part of any of that, too. Yeah. If, if this was part of your time, would you think you would have been the type to take part in challenges like this? I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe. Like, I used to make my own websites and stuff like that, and I felt like... Actually, I did do a challenge. Um, It's not like this challenge, not like a horror challenge, but I was really into graphic design, and uh, there was this community that I wanted to be a part of. It's like, uh, you made a profile, um, a uh, journal, but you were able to edit your journal to make it look aesthetically pleasing. Okay. To be able to be a part of this community, you have to you had to make a aesthetically pleasing um, layout of your journal, and so you would have to apply, and people would rate you, and then at the end they would either pass you or fail you. I did this like five times at like sixteen or seventeen years old, and mm-hmm. I wanted to so bad be a part of this community, so I would just constantly just you know. So that was a bit of a quote unquote challenge. Okay. Did you ever? Get, yes, did you I finally it? got in. Oh, hell yeah. We're just sick of seeing my profile. They're just like, let this kid in, so leave us alone. It's been six times, just let this guy in. Yeah, but it's really cool because it got me like, they would point, it wasn't just 
no, it's not good. They would give me constructive criticism, like, this is why it doesn't work. This is what you should do differently. So it really helped my graphic design, like, hone it, I guess you could say. Okay. Hey, that's really cool. So I probably would be doing these challenges. I just would be on the more creative side of things, not horror, because that scares me. That's terrifying. I don't think I could get immersed into like a horror game like this either. I I, I liked looking into spooky stuff, but like it gets to a point where you're like, I don't, I kind of want to sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and it like, and I guess that the, the thrilling thing to me is it rides that line of reality and not real. And you don't want to go over into the reality side of scary things like, uh, I don't, I can't watch crime dramas because it's too real. Dude, like, I, I used to get into serial killers and follow it because I thought it was super interesting. Now I can't because I started thinking about all those people that died were real people that really died. And dude. once that like settled into my brain, I was like, I can't do this anymore. That's the, my, I'm, I'm basically the same. My girlfriend likes to watch a lot of those like discovery, you know, crime shows and crime documentaries. And I'm like, she's like, do you mind watching them? I'm like, no, it's fine. But in the back of my head, I'm just like, dear God, not another one. Like, I don't need to learn about a family of four murdered in their home one late afternoon for no reason. You're like, right. well, I don't, I don't need to know that. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Um, so it, that's where it, it rides the line for me. Like, I like the idea of something being real, like the 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 singing robot one. There was this um, conspiracy theory that the guy that made it killed his wife and buried her in his backyard. And that's what that one shot of his backyard was, was him like showing off his work. And that stuff uh, like kind of interests me because I'm like, I don't think that's real. Like, it's just a uh, just a fantastical way of thinking about the silly video. Yeah, so. it's kind of like what a lot of people do with that sort of stuff is right through on like fan fictions or just like theories. It's yeah. just another kind of creepy pasta thing. It's just a just a story to scare someone or or build like a uh, I don't know. Yeah, because you read a story and it can go one of two ways. This didn't happen, which you're like, oh, that sucks. It didn't really happen. Or it can be like, this actually did happen. You're like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened and it makes it 10 times worse. So right. that, like not knowing if it's real or not is the exciting part to me. Absolutely. And something like that, you're like, it's it's just so uncanny. It's like, maybe I can't say for certain that this isn't real, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's why I kind of wish the video or the movie rather kind of would have went towards that, like that questioning if it was real or not. Like, don't put a definitive, I guess, like you said, if you don't think about it as a definitive answer and he just like made the story up, but I kind of wish it would have been more ambiguous, I guess. Yeah. That the film is interesting. much more grounded than I think it kind of shows. Mm-hmm. It's there really isn't anything going on besides, uh, getting so lost into something like this that you sort of start to kind of lose yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, it would be cool if there was like a bit of a, maybe a very vague supernatural thing, but I think it was for me not having that kind of makes me like it a lot more, but yeah. it would be cool. I think to have like an, an alternate dimension. This movie <laughs> yeah. had a bit of supernatural element to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I enjoyed the film. I uh, I'm glad I watched it because I would I wouldn't have watched this otherwise because I didn't even know about it. You're more into like the indie scene than I am, like the super indie scene, which I appreciate you for because, like, I, I stay on the outskirts of it. That's fair. So, I mean, it's, it's 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 a rabbit hole in itself. There's a, an oversaturation of of movies. Oh my god! Um, I went onto a short film binge, and there are so many short films out there (laughs) (laughs) oh dude that was like my main source of of like last year that was like a lot of what i watched was short films Mm -hmm. and dear god there's just so many there's there's so many varying from different qualities obviously 
mm-hmm. from like YouTube skits that are, I guess, called short films because I don't know. They, they got a camera and a story, so now it's a short film, even though it's like a like a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's, right. just, there, there's just yeah. So I, I try to if I find something good, I want to talk about. It. I want to show other people, and like you said, you're kind of. Do you like to get into more of the art house stuff as of recently, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so like, yeah, I want to share it. I think it's yeah. an interesting one. Yes. I think people should be sharing stuff like this. Cause I'm always asking people like, what are you watching? What's exciting? But it's usually kind of like not to knock them or anything, but it's just normal Hollywood mumbo jumbo. And I want to get into the weird <laughs> weeds of the indie film scene. Cause it's where the like, uh, I used to think that's where the good stories lie, but it's not necessarily good. It's where the weird stories lie. And that's where I get like, yes. excited. It's it's a lot of hit and miss where it's like the mainstream stuff. You can kind of like, most of it's very watchable. Yeah, it's good enough. And But with the indie stuff, it's like, it could be just kind of shit or, or, you know, it's, there's a lot, it's a much rockier of what's going to be good. But that's what makes it exciting is like you don't know what you're going to get because it can be like, oh, yeah, it was okay. Or it can like just sit with you and never leave you. And you're like always thinking about it. Like this one, I'll probably keep thinking about. <laughs> It'll probably sit with me for a while. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you got something out of it because I was like a little worried maybe you wouldn't. But just because like I feel like this is hitting like a very specific like kind of age range in terms of like who has experienced this mm-hmm. i feel like maybe it just will resonate with those kind of people more but i'm just super glad that you you enjoyed this it makes me yes. happy very much so i really did enjoy it even though it wasn't like uh it didn't stick the landing for me the ride was a lot of fun and i enjoyed it oh yeah do you have anything else you want to talk about uh as far as this movie no not really i'm kind of uh don't have anything else to mention uh recommend it like if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Oh, rating. We do ratings on this one. Yes, we do. <laughs> How do I rate this? Oh, 6.5? 6.5 feels okay. Okay. The Flatliners rating. Is it Flatliners? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to do it 6.5, just call it. Let me give it the Flatliners score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't flatline but <laughs> yeah 6.5 uh, feels good because it's 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 better than average but it's not perfect or amazing but it does bring a lot to the table okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with, with five this is a rare rare five for me um <laughs> Yeah, like I said, it just really resonated, and I think it just captured a certain feeling of loneliness and wanting to escape that, um, I don't know, I just hadn't seen before. Also, a scene I really liked was that ASMR scene where she goes into the barn, and it's like a very long one take. Oh, I forgot about that. I was going to bring that one up because that scene went on a little too long for me. The, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming it's her mom. I think it's just like a YouTube, like a YouTube ASMR person. You think so? Yeah. Oh, I kind of think it so. as her mom recorded this video to give to her. And that's what she uses to kind of like calm herself. But they, I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, that's a really, I mean, either way, it's sort of like a motherly warmth. But I really mm-hmm. like that. I that, that thought that maybe it's a mom. That's just, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's just what I gathered. But I did, I liked it, but I think it went on slightly too long. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, fair. Could have trimmed it down a few few seconds, but I did like it. Um. Also, just like when the next video pops up, it's it's JLB's like terrifying message that she gets. Oh, and like warping her photo, like that scared the crap out of me. Like I figured somebody was doing it, but not knowing who that is is terrifying. I just yeah, I I, I think about myself if I was in that situation where I'm. I hate to go to sleep and it's really late and then that pops up. I would lose my mind. Yeah, right. It's horrifying. Uh, um, but yeah. yeah, because you want people to watch you, 
but that means everyone's going to watch you. And sometimes you don't want everybody watching you. <laughs> there are some creeps out there. Yeah. That's, that's the conundrum. Damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is a, an easy five star for me. And um, definitely recommend it if you're into, uh, you know, uh, fucking, I don't know, movies. <laughs> if you're into movies. <laughs> a low certain budget. kind of movie, low budget. Yeah. Low budget indie films that actually have a good message, I feel. Has something to say. Boom. Got it. Did you um, have anything else to talk about, but like themes or anything like that, topics? Um, so you made me want to like dig into my bag of like weird movies. Like, have you seen Under the Skin? Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's like Great movies one. I'm like wanting to go towards now since you gave me this one. I was like, oh, you want to get weird on this podcast? We can get weird, Victor. <laughs> um, but I did promise oh, I didn't promise, but I said we were gonna do Waking Life, and I've been putting that one off for three years to talk about. Oh damn. And I want to actually talk about it. So I figured it would be a good one for us to talk about on the next episode. Let's do it. I'm so down for that. I love, I love Linklater's work. So yeah, he's like one of my favorites. Oh really? And you haven't seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen, I think there's like a few of his, I haven't seen but this is one of them. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I saw it years and years ago and I really enjoyed it, but I haven't seen it since. So I'm excited to like dive back into it. And it looks like it's in the style of uh, Scanner Darkly. Like in terms of visually, mm-hmm. which is just incredibly strange, but <laughs> I love it. Well, I like it because it it almost feels like you're in a dream while you're talking about dreams. So, okay. so it's like the perfect sort of aesthetic. Yes. Something like this. Yeah, I usually don't like this kind of aesthetic, but it fits with this movie. Like, as back in the day, they had those like shaky cartoon drawings. Yeah. And I don't like them. They bother me. Oh, or like the lines are like constantly moving. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it just, it might be my like OCD because you're, you're catching my attention with your drawing. So I can't pay attention to the story because I'm too concentrated on your drawing because you're <laughs> distracting me. And it's moving around. Yeah. All the time. But yeah, I've never seen Boyhood, so. Oh, that's, I think that's probably my favorite. It's been so long since I've seen it, but that one was very long, but very good. Yeah, I heard it was pretty good. I just never got around to watching it, but uh, anyway. But yeah, so we'll do Waking Life. Is there anything else you wanted to uh, talk about or anything? Um... I think I'm I think I'm good. I think I kind of covered everything I was thinking about the day before to talk about. Yeah. Um it's really funny. So I've been buying a lot of books on like screenwriting and stuff like that because I've always enjoyed writing and I want to actually like make a story one day. I love okay. coming up with ideas and concepts. Like I can do that all day every day, but I've never sat down and like finished a story. So I want to actually like do that. So I'm like coming up with themes and stuff like that, like what I want to talk about. And I'm going down this like rabbit hole of like what what'll work on what I'm wanna, wanting to talk about and shit like that. And I'm like landing on death. And I was like, we, Victor and I just talked about this. Like, <laughs> why do I want to talk about? It's not necessarily death, more so like grief, grieving. And I don't know. I just thought that was pretty funny. Like you were talking about you always want to write stories about death. And I was like, eh, that's kind of weird. And then I start doing that. And I was like, he infiltrated. Damn it. <laughs> I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I, I just thought it was pretty funny. So but that's what's I, going on with me lately. Trying okay. to write this thing screenplay. Like a, like a short film or um, just whatever it ends up being, I guess. I think it's whatever it ends up being. I'm shooting for like a regular finger feature length film because short stories take a lot of um uh what's the word i'm looking for just narrowing it down to something very very simple 
Right. It's it, sort of a, a beast in its own way. It's very difficult to do. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're definitely right on that. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm are you, are you have you how much have you written or are you just like preparing to write? I I'm trying to find my style, so I haven't written anything um technically, but I am doing like plot outlines. Like I'm trying to figure out how the end can make sense with the beginning, what goes on in the middle, what are the what are the uh values that characters have, how does the underlying meaning play with the you know, the internal conflict play with the external conflict because I want all of it to like weave together. Have you ever seen Enemy? Uh, yeah. That is one of my favorite movies of all time. Oh, shit. Okay. And I love how he weaves this underlying meaning on top of this story, but they both are interchangeable, not interchangeable, but they both weave together. Right. And, they don't feel too separated. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm going for. Oh, so, okay. So I'm super interesting, super interested in finally figuring out how that's going to work out. It's harder well, than I thought it was going to be. Oh, dude, it's, <laughs> yeah. People are like, I could write that. Like, well, then do it. And then Did I try really? to sit down and write a story. And it's like, oh my God, this is really, to write a good story. I can write some, you know, off the wall, just crime drama have a lot of twists and turns, but what did you get from the film? Like, that's really what I want to do is like, if somebody reads it, I want them to like, get something from it. Like, and that's the hard part for sure is, is, well, this, what I'm trying to express is someone else going to pick up on that. And how do I make that like palatable or in in a way accessible? So someone, it's not completely a mystery. What the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a challenge, my friend. But it's I, much challenging because I did I did go on this one like path of thought. I was like, oh, well, if this happens, this happens, this happens, and I'm like, that's so boring and generic. Like anybody can write that. <laughs> like it's just I just scrapped it and just started over. So I guess like the best. I mean, it's it's awesome that you. It sounds like you have the drive to like do this. I mean, I guess the best thing to do is just maybe keep watching films too that that are successful in what maybe you're also trying to do. Yeah. So Um, that's what I've kind of been doing. I've been like watching these movies, uh, that kind of like are in line with what I'm wanting to say. And I guess just don't be afraid to copy a little bit, you know, just because I mean, some of the best filmmakers copy each other and sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be a little bit necessary in order to like, especially for someone just starting out to, know how to convey something like that yeah because when i first started i i mean i think every artist goes through this like i want to have my own original thing that doesn't copy anybody else and then you finally realize like everything is a cop have you ever seen uh this is a remix or everything is a remix uh no i'll have to send that to you um but basically he talks about how everything is a uh you know a change from something else like it's taken from it's not an original idea it's taking an idea and making your own original thought off that idea oh okay i think i see here's it by kirby ferguson yes okay yeah definitely check that out because uh it it shows you that it's not a bad thing to quote-unquote copy it's actually a good thing so i'm trying to get that in my mind like i'm taking little snippets of stories that I enjoy and like kind of put them together in my own amalgamation of a story. That's, that's very smart. It's very easy to go, Oh, I want to be 100% original. It's like, good luck, dude. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really is. I mean, if, even if you look at uh, one thing that I noticed is uh, David Lynch, I watched blue velvet recently for the podcast and I started to realize how much he took from old neo-noir films. Like from the 1940s oh, yeah. and 50s. It's like, oh, he's not even that original. Like maybe his zany weirdness is, but he's just overlaying that onto things that are already established. Right. I think a lot of people kind of assume that a lot of these artists are just like, it's all their idea. But like, mm-hmm. like I said, like even the best, they they have to take from something. And, and like, you know, Lynch taken from maybe some of like those 50s noirs or it's like, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's cool that they can do that, but make it their own thing. That's the hard part. Taking it and making it your own thing. That's the part that I'm struggling with. But that is also something that doesn't come right away. You got (laughs) to go through many scripts or just like many ideas until it becomes like your own thing. Like even with me, like, dude, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, I don't know what my style is. Um, and I think that's probably pretty common with a lot of people just starting out or, or people who are just, I don't know, even years into it, they're like, I don't even know what my style is. I don't know what my voice is. I think it's, don't be too discouraged by that because that's Um, so common. Another thing that discouraged me is getting married to an idea. Oh, like you want it to work this way, but it doesn't. And you're trying to figure out a way for it to like work. And you're like, but it doesn't. And you're like, but I can make this work if I work hard enough. And it's like, but it doesn't. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's another problem that I'm struggling with is like, I want to do this thing. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't work that way. And I'm like, but I can make it work that way. Yeah, but it doesn't. (laughs) Then you try to rewrite the thing around that. Yes. And then you realize it's rubbish and you're realizing why it doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You're like, damn, I wish I would have known this a little earlier. Yeah, right. So, but that's pretty much what I've been up to, just trying to write this damn story. Well, I'm, 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 I'm pretty hyped for you, man. I, I think you, you got it, but it's going to, yeah, it won't be easy, but I think you'll get to it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't have anything else if you don't. No, I think I'm, I think I'm solid. All right. Well, next time, I guess we're doing Waking Life. Until then, later, everybody. Goodbye.